Hi, everyone, and welcome to Academic Dean, where we connect with passionate college leaders who share their stories and viewpoints of higher education, especially lessons learned along the way. Academic Dean is sponsored by Myers-McRae Executive Search and Consulting. Now, here's your host, Dr. Dave Gercheck. Hi, everyone. Today, I'd like to welcome Dr. Christine Webster Hansen to our show. Dr. Webster Hansen is the Dean of Humanities at Brookdale Community College in Lincroft, New Jersey. Hi, Christine. So glad to have you on our podcast today. Hi, Dave. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your college and why students select your institution? Absolutely. Brookdale Community College is the county college for Monmouth County, New Jersey. We offer our community open access to a high quality, affordable education. And we do so through 68 degree programs, about a dozen certificates, many lifelong learning options. And we have eight actually fully online programs as well for our adult learners that might have full-time jobs or families at home, and it's easier for them to learn in their pajamas. So we have that option. We have one main campus in Lincroft and several regional higher ed centers across the county in, let's see, Wall, Neptune, Long Branch, and Freehold. And I have to tell you that we are very excited. We were just ranked number one in among community colleges in New Jersey by niche.com. Are you familiar with niche? No, I'm not. So, according to niche, they say that they have about 50 million people use their site each year. At least last year, they hit about 50 million. And it's where students go if they're interested in um, picking out their college. And niche actually ranked us in the top 9% for community colleges nationwide this year. Well, well, first of all, I need to check into that because I didn't know I didn't know anything about niche, but good for you guys. Congratulations. That's great. Thank you. We are very proud and very excited. I have to say, though, I'm, I'm not too surprised because I've been here for about two years at Brookdale and I've been impressed since day one. So, you know, why do students want to come here? We have so many reasons. A 360 seat theater. We have a radio station our own music recording studio and an art gallery. We have a museum right on campus, the Monmouth Arts Museum. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, we have, let's see, um, career placement programs as well as transfer programs and actually several dozen partnerships for transfer with our New Jersey uh, four-year colleges and universities and beyond New Jersey. We actually have a partnership with a college called Aberyst with in Wales. So wow. we have students studying all over the, the globe after they, they graduate from Brookdale. Um, our, our faculty are amazing. They're, they're warm, they're supportive, they're very credentialed. We, in our creative writing department, for example, I'll obviously speak about the humanities a little more than some of the other areas, since that's what I know. But we have many published writers. We have Laura McCullough, for example, who has published several books of poetry. And Sheila Duane is a local playwright. She had about a dozen of her plays performed in local festivals over the past several years, even as far away as New York City. So we're, we're very excited. We have professors you know, publishing scholarly articles. And it's you know we have study abroad opportunities, everything you can imagine that a college should have. We've got it. Wow, what an exciting place. What's new on campus? We have so much. We just opened a state-of-the-art esports arena. 
which we're, we're proud of because it's allowing members of the community for whom athletics may not involve physical activity to have their own sport validated. So that for them, sporting involves a computer screen, a mouse, strategy, mental acuity, and they're using their brain power. So we're, we've got varsity tryouts coming up so mm-hmm. that our students can compete professionally. And we have members of the community as well who can come and rent games by the hour. We've got it available even in virtual reality format, of course, console-based and PC-based. So that's brand new. Um, We have a wellness center that is opening this semester, and it's a full mind-body experience. Throughout the summer, we were getting prepared by offering some free yoga classes, free meditation. We have a social worker that will be connected to the wellness center and a food pantry for students that have food insecurities. And it's it's really just a place that is supposed to be meant for their intellectual, social, mental and physical health, um, spiritual health, the, the entire package. So that is, that's brand new. We actually also have a new cyber center and it's It has a lab, a virtual lab space that will create a simulated environment for cyber attacks and allow students in our cybersecurity um, program to practice in what feels like a real life environment. And what's, what's super exciting there is that the National Security Agency and the Department of Homeland Security have both designated Brookdale Community College as a center for educational excellence in cybersecurity defense education. Um, so we've, we've got you know that really exciting new development. Our let's see our music tech program. We just signed a partnership with Avid Technology, and that allows students in our music tech program at the culmination of that degree to take a test to become certified in Pro Tools, which is the industry standard for sound engineers, mixers, and others in that industry. So they're able to be more competitive upon graduation. Ever since that uh, partnership, we've seen a little bit of an uptick in interest. So it's exciting. We have, let's see, our Brookdale Concordia Corral, and they just toured Europe over the summer. And that consists of voice students from our our very own music program. These are Brookdale students singing along with community members from Monmouth County. We have a publication called Collage. It is our print literary publication and our students, they write poems in it as well as, uh, let's see, personal essays, things of that nature, but it's infused with graphic design work from our graphic design students. And if you were to flip through one of these these journals, you would think that you were looking at professional artwork from graphic designers who have been in the industry for 10 years or more. And what's new with Collage is that our 51st edition, which came out in 2023, won the Columbia University Gold Crown for Best Print Literary Magazines. So I should tell you... (laughs) Our students are superstars. Um... (laughs) I could go on, but I, I know you have more questions for me. Do you want more examples? <laughs> no, I, I tell you, I I kind of want to come and visit your campus now. I want to see all these new things happening. Um, what are you currently focusing on to enhance the educational experience for your students? 
Sure, we have a, a few really big focal points right now. One of them is to focus on having an equity-centered education. And we're actually working with Achieving the Dream. Are you familiar with mm -hmm. that group? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they, their group of consultants has begun working with us and we're starting to examine the definition of equity and looking at our own internal processes and ways of thinking to ensure that students from all backgrounds, regardless of gender, race, ethnicity, what religion, disability status, et cetera, have access to education at the college level and that their opportunity for success and their outcomes are, are equal to those of, of anyone else. So we're working on that. And in the kind of early stages, we're also looking through our new academic master plan at ways to give more professional development to faculty and to really support their development of pedagogy, their ideas, their interests, especially with educational technology and forming committees to start looking at, at that. We are also really interested in new programming and we created a new horizons committee that will consist of faculty and administrators who look at the local industry needs and determine what kind of programming we can add that we aren't currently. So those are a few of the big ones. I'd say one other would be college readiness. For a community college, we really need to look at foundational skills. Students that come to us, they need sometimes a little extra help in math, reading, or writing. So we're looking at summer boot camps to prepare them, first day test out options in reading that might help bump them up a level, things of that nature. So um, we're, we're really doing everything we can to be as inclusive as possible and, and have opportunities for everyone. Well, to follow up on that, how's the college adapting to the changing landscape of higher ed? Sure. I, I think the pandemic's been, ironically, as painful as it was, I think it's, it's given us at least some new technology and or at least a, a new way of using it, because now we have a, a brand new learning modality. We, we had in-person classes, of course, the traditional brick and mortar um, rooms, and we had completely online asynchronous classes. But now we have the remote live format. So students are logging in on a set day and time and they're, they're communicating live with their classmates and with an instructor. So we have some students that are actually preferring that now and it just gives them another option for learning. Um, we have new light boards. Have you ever seen a light board? I don't think so. Uh -uh. They're pretty neat <laughs> for lack of a better term. They're large pieces of glass and an instructor can stand behind it with a marker and solve a math problem, draw oh, a diagram. And there's a camera on the other side that films the instructor and has some unique technology that reverses the direction of the print so that it faces the camera. And it allows for some high flex options for learning. And that way instructors can go to a studio, film some lessons, upload them into a Canvas shell, or we actually have one that's set up with a classroom so they can teach students in class and students can remote in. That is still pretty new and we're getting past some of the early fear of it and, and faculty are, are you know, learning and experimenting with that. We also have these new motion tracking cameras so that faculty can walk around the room and the camera follows them. And that way, again, high flex is an option. And I've, as a dean, I, I observe the faculty in their classes. So I've, I've seen now a graphic design instructor, 
Yeah, it was digital animation, composition, and it was one other area where the faculty were teaching in class and they had one or two students that maybe were sick, they couldn't make it, and they were logging in remotely and the instructor was either screen sharing or behind a camera and, and teaching in the high flex model. So we're seeing more of that. And I think it's great because it's going to help with success and retention. Yeah, oh, I agree. I agree. Well, you know, considering the evolving job market, what are you doing to prepare students for today's workforce? Sure. We have a, a pretty robust career center, and we're, we're always trying to market that and make students aware of it. It helps students to practice their interviewing skills. So they have mock interviews. They help students build resumes and create LinkedIn accounts, learn how to network, help students to meet employers through career fairs. And beyond that, we have um, our, our AAS and AS programs. Those are our career and technical programs that have usually capstones at the end. And so the students are creating final projects that in some, especially in the art and design areas, they get critiqued and they get feedback, not only from professors and classmates, but we even bring employers to campus. And we do this for architecture, graphic design, interior design, and they end up with pieces for a portfolio. And so that really helps them become marketable. Uh, let's see, what else do we do? We actually had mock interviews with employers that came to campus in graphic design and surprised the students in the end by hiring a couple of them. So we do things like that. And yeah, it's it's been um, an evolving process. We've got many internships. And some of them are paid, they can be unpaid, some of them are built into programs. So yeah, we've got a lot of options for our students. Um, that, that sounds interesting. I really like the idea of the, the mock interviews. I, I know I've sat on a couple of boards where uh, industry has hired me to sit on some of their hiring decisions. And I'm always shocked when a student comes in and it's obvious they've never been prepared to do an interview and now they're trying to sell themselves. So good for you guys. Right. Yeah, thank you. Um, could you share some success stories of alumni who've made a significant impact in their respected fields? Sure. We have so many. And, you know, I have to start by saying I, I reached out to some of the faculty in my area and said, hey, what are some of your graduates doing? And immediately I received an onslaught of emails and text messages from faculty who are still in communication with students a decade later. And they know not only where they went to their, their where they went to their bachelor's program, um, but where they achieved their master's degree and where they earned sometimes their doctorate degree. So I'll, I'll give you probably one of the most exciting, which is Drew Aranio. He was a culinary student in our culinary arts program, and he has a successful um, restaurant called Drew's Bayshore Bistro but he actually went up against Bobby Flay in a showdown for a sh shrimp dishes and won, I believe it was in 2013, um, Top Chef. What a great, what a great story. Um, did any of the faculty say how they think the college contributed to the students' achievements? Well, I can tell you what I observe. They, okay. they haven't said it because they're humble and they don't always sing their own praises, but I see them creating communities in programs that also have clubs that they're leading, where literally the alumni are coming back 
And not only are they helping critique final projects, but they're coming to our art exhibitions. They're serving on our advisory boards for programs. So it's, it's really just a, a warmth and a conscientious intent to, to create opportunities and events for students to socialize in their fields and get to know each other and the faculty. I think that's a big part of it. So I think that's, that's probably what I'd point to is that warmth. Um, just to give you maybe one or two other highlights, we have a student named Bridget O'Neill, and she began with homeschooling, actually, as a child because of having seizures. And she came to Brookdale. She graduated with her two-year degree. She went on for her BA, ultimately went to Columbia University, got her master's degree, and now she is a school principal of a high school in Asbury Park, New Jersey. So that's just one example. We have a couple of students who have become engineers. We have Malcolm Bryson, who's a traffic engineer. We have Jessica Aparicio. Um, she's a rotational project engineer. I, again, I could go on and on. We, we have um, a couple of Fulbright scholars, actually. Bridget O'Neill, the one I mentioned, who is the principal in Asbury Park. She was a Fulbright scholar, I believe, in Malaysia. We have Brittany Scardino, who is currently a Fulbright scholar in South Korea, where she's also the editor of one of their literary magazines out there. So there, there's just so much to be proud of. We even have an English major who later became a doctor of optometry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a switch. Hey, um, let me let me change subjects real fast and talk a little sure. bit about some, some other things that you might offer. Uh, what opportunities do you offer for students who might want to come back both in a personal or professional development way? Sure. Well, we have our alumni networking department, and we're actually working on that right now, trying to find um, new ways for students to, to network with each other. But we have a, a very robust student life department, and we offer, we offer games, sporting events. We have, I already mentioned the final project critiques in many of our art programs. We've got our gallery exhibitions. Um, so it's, it's really, you know, using, we use social media, we're reaching out on Facebook, we're reaching out on, on TikTok and, and through other avenues to try to, to try to get them to come back. And, and they do quite readily, actually. Um, when I go to parent orientations and, the question is asked, how many of you parents are graduates of Brookdale? Half of the room raises their hands. And then we say, how many of your parents went to Brookdale and other hands are raised? And, and we find that it's it's an intergenerational, almost legacy. It's, it's just an amazing experience that people are embracing a community college that way. So they do come back and, and they bring their families. You know, um, I think you've already answered this question a little bit, but I'm going to ask you anyway, is can you highlight any unique or innovative programs or approaches that distinguishes your college from others? Yeah, sure. Um, I'd like to highlight the graphic, I'm sorry, the game design program. We have a, a program that allows students to study computer science, design and art, and it's such an, a unique combination of skills and I don't know that most community colleges offer something in game design. So the students are creating animations, interactive gaming, and it's going to work hand in hand with our new eSports center. And I saw just in the past year that particular program grow in enrollment by 
So it's, it's doing very well. We also have a college success course, which is different from the typical student success course because it's specifically designed for undecided majors. Mm-hmm. And for community college students often don't know what they want to do, right? So they go to a, a two-year school and they get their feet wet. They try some general education classes. And then there are others that are undecided for their first year or two. So we've designed this course that introduces them to a whole variety of careers. And they learn what's in the market, what the the salaries are, what the career outlook is. And they learn about all of our academic programs through presentations and videos. And they, they get some support in their first year of college experience. So there's a little student success education there, but most of it is directed toward helping them plan their future. Um, how is your college collaborating with local businesses to create relationships to address regional challenges? Sure. Um, we're, we're continually, let's see, our Career Center, of course, is working with local employers to build internship opportunities. But even the president of our college, Dr. Stout, he's on the executive board of the Monmouth County Workforce Development. So he's constantly in communication with our you know, local politicians and employers to you know, understand what's really needed. We have a number of executives that are serving on boards of local chambers, such as the Chamber of Commerce. Um, we have career events on campus and, and also a lot of um, you know, partnerships with high schools and organizations, which I, you know, I, I think it's important to acknowledge that it's not just with the local employers, right? That there are needs even at the high school level to get students yeah. even prepared to enter college. So we have a college readiness program where our students are co-enrolled in high school classes and college classes. They're getting a lot of their foundational ed studies out of the way or taking public speaking. It's something that they're probably more comfortable doing in front of their current classmates. So we've got a lot of that. We we partner with local organizations such as 180 Turning Lives Around. They um, supply support and resources for victims of domestic assault and sexual abuse. So our WILL program, our Women in Leadership and Learning, they have gotten together in the past and held workshops or webinars with them to kind of train the community and what to look for in terms of signs of abuse, how to send people to the right resources. So we're, we're really doing a lot um, with employers, programs, organizations, high schools, really the whole gamut. How is your college preparing students for jobs that may not even exist yet? Is that a trick question? <laughs> They don't exist yet. So it's it's obviously challenging, but I, I like to think that we get ahead of the game by teaching our students transferable skills, that they're able to learn cur- essential curiosity, that they're, you know, learning current technologies in ways that allow them to adapt as technology continues to evolve. We have a teaching and learning center that is constantly looking at AI and opportunities, not just for catching students who are using it to cheat, which we're aware of, but that are using it to build, to create, um, to brainstorm for ideas and things like that. We um, send our faculty to conferences and we we do support overnight travel. And we're, we're just trying to 
be aware of, of the trends by, by putting ourselves out there professionally and continuing to network. I really do think though that a lot of it comes down to just ensuring that students have critical thinking skills. They have, like I said, the curiosity and other skill sets to just be able to transfer that. Um, I guess one other point maybe is, is the local employers that serve on our advisory boards for programs, um, especially the, the Perkins funded programming they um, tell us right away, if, if they're switching from one software program to another in their industry, they let us know and we make those those adaptations or adjustments. You know, it, it sure seems you, you love your job. So I'm going to turn this around and maybe talk a teeny bit about you. Um, talk a little bit about yourself and the path that led you to become the Dean of Humanities at Brookdale Community College. Sure. So I was a Let's see, I started as an adjunct for four years and I taught among a variety of schools, composition classes, also some public speaking, literature. I landed a full-time job at Camden County College in South Jersey and sort of rose through the ranks, was uh, an assistant professor, became an associate professor, eventually a full professor, and then a department chair. Of course, I, I earned tenure along the way. And being a department chair made me realize that it was fun to both teach and do administrative work because I could make leadership decisions that engaged the community, that helped more people to have voices, that represented the needs of, of all students and faculty. And it, it ended up just creating some curiosity there. So I, I wanted to try being an assistant dean I gained some, some experience at Thomas Edison State University, which is an entirely online university. Mm -hmm. And while that was incredibly interesting, it, it wasn't necessarily the strongest fit for me because I missed seeing the students. They were, they were remote. And I ended up at Ocean County College for a short time in their e-learning department. I love technology. So um, that, was, that was exciting for me. There were more students on campus but I'll tell you, it, it was it was very um, exciting and promising for an opportunity to develop or to open up at Brookdale in humanities because I have such an affinity for the arts and for humanities. I am it's one of its strongest advocates that being able to work in that environment and to support that programming and to send out the message that the humanities and the arts are valuable is so important to me. And I feel like I'm in the right place. It's It's been lovely to go to the gallery and to watch the final project critiques and listen to live recordings and just be around that kind of environment. Um, it's been very fulfilling for me. Well, yes, it sure seems like you're really a good fit for, for that college for sure. Um, how is your college okay. incorporating community service and civic engagement into the educational process? Well, we offer a civility week once per semester. It's a week long and it has programming on diversity, equity and inclusion, as well as the environment, other global responsibility um, topics related to that, and it's it's hosted and created by faculty, but also by students who contribute to some of that programming, and it's offered during our college hour when we don't have many classes, and that way students are able to attend. So that's been a, a huge hit, and we also have something called the Global Citizenship Distinction, 
which can appear on our students' transcripts if they take at least 12 credits in global distinction. And it's it allows our students to have exposure to other cultures, other perspectives, and just ways of thinking and living to, to broaden their mindset. And that's been very popular as well. Um, we just created a social justice certificate, which is certainly very timely with some of the cultural conversations we've been having in the US. And um, honestly, we have instructors that are just always trying to connect projects to civic engagement. We have a social justice course in, um, it's actually not in our, in our program yet, um, but we're hoping we can potentially add it, where students are writing advocacy. They're writing papers as if they would be sending them to politicians and you know advocating for various causes and some of them may eventually go that route. So yeah, we, we've got it happening in, in various ways. Well, here's my last question. What advice would you give to prospective students when choosing the right college or university for their future goals? I would say go to Brookdale. It is a magical place and it's highly affordable. That why wouldn't you want to go to a place where the first two years of your education can be 100% free through the CCOG grant if you have $80,000 or less as a household income? Um, but even so, it's, it's, if, even if you're paying, it's a fraction of the cost of most four-year colleges. And you're going to find education that's just as great, if not greater. And we are ranked number one in New Jersey. Wow. So go to Brookdale. Well, <laughs> and that's a good place to end <laughs> our conversation. Christine, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation. So did I. Thanks so much for having me. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening to today's episode and make sure to visit our website at academicdean.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Academic Dean is sponsored by Myers-McRae Executive Search and Consulting. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.